the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you, who the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. I am, in fact, Spud Goodman. Courtney, Chloe. And I will be your host for the next 59 or so minutes. Do not despair or worry. I pledge to land this little radio program without any major damage done. So sit back, you know, sit back and relax. I'm talking just chill out, okay? I think it'll be a semi-pleasant experience for you, but just in case I'm wrong here, you might want to come up with a plan B. You know, like listening to some other show or or maybe a movie to watch instead of sitting through a potential waste of time. Um, I'll give you a heads up if it looks like the show's headed for the ditch, okay? I mean, it's the least I can do for you, right? With that being said, let's think positive, yeah, and get this show started. Uh, say hello to our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give us a decent <laughs> chuckle. Yeah. Well, that will have to do as I'm not exactly warmed up. It takes me some time to get into a rhythm. It wasn't bad, okay? Just take it easy until you get properly warmed up because I don't want you to pull anything. Oh, I'm in pretty good shape, you know. I know, uh, but... It should only take me a couple of minutes until I'm good to go with a belly laugh. All right, then. Uh, well, now I'm obligated to introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, go ahead. Maybe you could just whistle to my, you know, to maybe acknowledge my acknowledgement. Uh, a whistle is a commonly used gesture to communicate. Uh, Spud, I, I think I've already expressed to you, I can't whistle. I've never been able to whistle. My developmental years really? were, well, yeah. I was often, it was quite upsetting. I was the only kid in my neighborhood who could not whistle. <laughs> I guess it's a trait that's followed the Holcomb family for generations. It's uh, lip-related, okay. and it was, it was more of a problem in the 1800s for my ancestors, who, I think, as you know, raised livestock. No, I didn't And that's that. a prime really tool to direct the livestock, a well-timed whistle. It could prevent a stampede on the ranch. You know, anybody can whistle. No. Just put your lips together and blow. Come on. I think you pretend you can't because your whistle is maybe a little weak, you know? So, so you pretend you can't do it at all. Am I right? Come on. D do you feel somewhat inadequate whistle-wise? So why pause to take a pill? It's nothing to be ashamed of now as an adult. Yeah, as a kid, yeah, it would be a, a major drag to suck at it. Oh, Spud, I remember when you were a kid, you would whistle at your sister when you two got in arguments. Yeah. You know that really high-pitched whistle you did back then? You know, you know, it was before you hit puberty. Yeah. Well, it, it was pretty effective at annoying my sister and her friends when she had sleepovers. Oh, I know that. Oh, I, I remember yeah. that clearly. But anyway, we, we should get this show started given what constraints 
I am under uh, doing this show now. I want, I want to make a declaration here, and I don't think declaration is too strong of a word. I know I have been instructed to keep this in-house. Can you keep a secret? And, you know, not pass on to our listeners, but that was never going to happen, ever. People listening now need to know I am being forced to implement a bunch of stupid suggestions from some dumb, you know, hired consultant. Uh, I forget his name, but but he dumped a bunch of lame suggestions on our executive producer, and, and for, for the time being, I, I have to follow him. Well, I went to the staff meeting, Spud, where they handed out the new directives. You really should have shown up, as well, it was way worse hearing it in person than just reading the memo. And uh, I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo, okay? No, you guys, there's no need to reject everything that's put forth by management. I mean, would it kill you both to drop the anarchist, resist everything role you seem to assume whenever policy changes occur? I believe the station spent a considerable amount of money to hire this highly respected radio consultant who only wants us to become the best we can be. Um, um, you suck! Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he cares about me being the best I can be. Right. Uh, to be just another interchangeable generic radio robot. Yes! Well, I never did meet him, but from what he put in his recommendations, he sure seems to be a douchebag to me. Right? He may think non-stop high-volume laughing on my part would help us in the ratings, but he has no idea of the complexities involved in the duties of an effective designated laugher. Now, like, listen, like I said, if you both could temper your default response to authority, we might just be able to turn this... Um, let's be honest here, low-rated program into a highly popular radio property. A property Property. that just might be appealing to, say, Intercom, the Intercom people, or maybe uh, Cumulus Media. Now, how neat would that be? You stupid, ignorant son of a dumb I'd rather burn in hell. All right? Well, right now, I need to bring on our musical guest, who I'll be chatting with a bit later. Everyone say hello to Perry Porter. Hey. hey, how's everybody doing? Oh my God, it's Bobby Ross. It's Bobby. Hey. Yeah. 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 Made from lead, paint the city red. Call him Bobby Rose, black and blue, not black and beautiful. Call him Bobby Rose. I sit back. I sit back, relax. Yeah. Who is that? Who the? Call him Bobby Rose. Hey. Hey. Bobby Rose, oh, oh, Bobby Rose, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, look, Bobby, 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 make from left, paint the city red, call him Bobby Rose, black and blue, no black and beautiful, call him Bobby Rose, I sit back, I sit back, relax, yeah, who is that? Gonna change the city, uh, make that look pretty. Yeah, they ain't messing with me, nah. They ain't messing with me, dog. With my mind on the money, don't tip me off. Running this game like a tippy toe. Me and Mordo with the wheel of God. I gas breaking, I'm feeling off and I'm riding. Post riding, hydroplaning while she riding. It 
they say, but hey, I like it. She go scrape and hit them hydro. Uh, art gang in these streets, yeah. Innovative, I ain't here to lose. Different flavors, she pick and choose. Favorite painter, she been amused. For heaven's sake, levitate, levitate the booty shake. I watch it quake under the bathing name. She demonstrate, she demonstrate how she my dinner plate. You players hate, you players hate the truth. You can't relate. Make some laugh, paint the city red. Call them Bobby Rose, ain't black and blue, no black and beautiful. Call them Bobby Rose, ain't acid bad. This is a Spud Goodman Show. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. How did that happen? Uh, Spud? Yeah. Your first guest, Rachel Bloom, is waiting to speak with you. Now, I was told by our executive producer, she won a Golden Globe on her show that I, I think it was called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, right? Uh, but, yeah. You know, I, I gotta say, you sure have had experience with a few of those. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Maybe a few, but I prefer the term spirited rather than crazy, um, you know? And, and Rachel's now on to other things after that show has wrapped up. Oh, it's too bad they canceled it, as I never missed it. Rachel is a very talented actress, and she can really sing and dance, too. Yeah. And she has a couple of albums out. So, Spud, your ex-stalker girlfriend, Amber... Well, she seemed to be, uh, you know, just a bit more than spirited. Didn't she destroy your favorite sports jacket? Uh, like, cut it into shreds? Honey, look at this. Um, it was it was my third most favorite uh, jacket, and uh, you know, and I've forgiven her. I mean, we uh, still see each other occasionally. Well, hopefully next time it's just a piece of clothing that Psycho destroys. You can't prevent everything. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm hoping. Anyway, put Rachel through. Yeah, here she is. Please welcome actress, singer, and comedian Rachel Bloom. Thanks a bunch for coming on our show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so you, ha you have a new movie out, The Angry Birds Movie 2. You play the character Silver, a graduate student in engineering, a highly educated bird, correct? Yes, she kind of saves the movie, uh, oh. and she's uh, the best character of all time. Super. Well, did you maybe audit a class or two in mechanical engineering at UCLA or something prior to doing your part? Uh, I wish. I wish I could say that I that I that I went and made that effort. Um, no, I mean, often I was recording this role in between um, when I wasn't filming Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And the good thing is, the script was right in front of me, and there were lines. So the people who wrote the script did all of the uh, the research on mechanical engineering, and I just said it. Uh, but I did learn some stuff about mechanical engineering from doing this movie. And I've concluded it's very hard, and I'm not cut out for it. 
Oh, all right. Yeah, me too. I, I don't think I could cut it there either. Um, well, you know, you've had a really varied career so far, starring in your own TV series, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, of course, in which you won a Golden Globe Award in 2016 as Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy Series. That must have been a fun night with an open bar and the award. Yeah. Uh, it was really, it was really stunning because, um, in the span of basically a year, I went from originally we were a pilot for Showtime. Showtime passed on the pilot, so then we had this pilot that we kind of shopped around, and then kind of out of left field, the CW picked it up as a series, um, and then I won the Globe. So, so within a, I mean a year, basically almost a year to the day that I won the Golden Globe, uh, I the pilot was rejected from Showtime. Mm-hmm. And so it was a really, it was a whirlwind of a night. Yeah, I bet. Well, I got to also say, uh, you've also released two albums and other singles. And did I mention you've written for a number of TV shows also? So you kind of have come up with a career that's unemployment proof as you cover so many bases. I got to say that. Oh, God. Well, I mean, that's the thing is the more skills you have, yeah. the more ways you can keep yourself employed. And so, you know, every artist even like Meryl Streep or Angelina Jolie, in essence, you go gig to gig. Uh, and so you go where the gigs are um, and you try to get all the gigs you can. And then when you get one, you stick with that for a while. Um, so I've been very fortunate to get those opportunities. Yeah, well, here's the deal with that. you got to actually have skills in each of those areas. That's that's the killer. That's what stops me but and most people. But anyway, all right. Uh, yeah. So. That is true. It takes hard work. I'm actually, I'm with some visiting my cousins uh right now um uh, my cousin's kids and, and they're and you know they want to be youtube stars and i have to explain well you know that still takes work uh you have to learn how to edit and but i think that now like kids think oh all you have to do to be famous is take a video of yourself and post it online which frankly sometimes is true but i was trying to tell them the value of, oh, you gotta work on skill first and hone a skill and it's getting harder and harder to explain to kids yeah, especially since that seven-year-old could have possibly more subscribers or followers than any most adults in the business. But yeah. Oh my God, I'm being, I'm being, I am. My fame is. If we're just looking at fame, it's dwarfed by some of these these children. I know, I know. Well, all right. Well, I got to ask you about your appearance on Friend of This Program, Bill Nye the Science Guy's show. You were on the Sexual Spectrum episode and sang the song "My Sex Junk." I don't understand how it was thought to be so controversial, but you did get some not so nice feedback from a few Ned Flanders out there, right? Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my friend Mike was the head writer for that show, and and the episode was all about how scientifically sexuality and gender are on a spectrum, and um, and looked at it from a scientific perspective, and. Um, and they wrote a song for me to sing, and I went and sang the song. Um, and then people just don't like, um, well, I think people people were, because Bill Nye has been such an advocate of, um, of, of scientific truth and, you know, debating people on, on the concepts of, of things like evolution and especially yeah. uh, climate change, which is yep. controversial in a way that shouldn't be. Um, he, he kind of has like a target on his back and then um, it, it really gave me an insight into the way certain people think the, like the conspiracy theory nature of, of everything that like somehow if you're pro-global warming or if you're pro the idea of like climate change and global warming 
you're then also trying to corrupt everybody with saying sexuality is a spectrum and trying to get into the minds of children. I, I can't really track it. It's like a whole kind of unified theory of um, evil Hollywood liberal people. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it was it was really surprising because like I just went and did like a day on the show. Um, I didn't like you know I just I I was yeah Bill Nye is great and then I was like oh god I'm getting a lot of crap for that thing that I filmed eight months ago. Yeah, I I, I didn't understand it, but it, uh, uh, Spud. What? If I may interject here, though I did not see that particular episode of Bill Nye's show that you're discussing with Rachel, I do remember reading about this in a bulletin at our church. There was an advisory warning for both adults and children to avoid it due to inappropriate content. Really? I, well, yeah. I believe the concerns were about both evolution along with that global warming hoax liberal Hollywood keeps pushing. I was not aware of the sexual content, too. Rachel was involved with well, this song called My Sex Junk? Really? That is so wrong. Uh. Uh, Rachel, uh, give me a moment. Don't be so judgy, okay? I, I, I know, ev you know, evolution is still up for debate with with your crowd, and, but and you guys are still clinging to that line of crap too that the Earth is six thousand years old. Right. And oh, oh yeah, oh, those those end days are something you're looking forward to. So turn up the thermostat of Earth to to like 120 degrees at least. Uh, I don't get you people. Oh boy, the ignorance of the science deniers really gets me. Then throw in their death wish for yes. our planet, too. Well, I get pretty upset. Well, listen, 6,000 years is a good run for Earth in my mind. That, that is a long time. You know, everything has a shelf life. Wow. Just let me get back to Rachel. I'm back. I'm good to go. Hey, all right, let me, let me hit you with this. You know, Because on this show right now, we're discussing the presence of consultants in the entertainment industry. Have you ever had to deal with suits or, or, or pantsuits or whatever that just can't keep their opinions to themselves? You know, constant notes and input? Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, that's what having a TV show is because you're getting notes from a network and often notes from a studio. Um, luckily, with Crazy X, we had a really good network and a really good studio who I thought were pretty smart. Um but yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people who want to get feedback because the, the core of it is that everyone's afraid of getting fired. Yep. So if, if something fails, someone's going to get blamed. And you can't blame the creator because their show got canceled and they're already out of a job. So who else can you blame? Oh, you can blame the executives who greenlit the show in the first place. So I think that they were, part of the reason for constant notes is there's a there's a sheer terror behind it. Yeah. Um, that's quite sad. I, I I just don't deal well with collaborative input myself, but yeah, I, I guess yes, I guess it's part of the deal. Um, well, let me hit you with this. I read, and I don't know if this is correct, that you appeared because I, I didn't catch it in a, in a My Little Pony episode. Because my co-host Gerald is a huge fan of and collector of Pinkie Pie and Applejack. Are you aware of how important these ponies are to many men or, or, or people? Excuse me, around the world. Oh. Definitely, and I did a panel. Uh, I did a My Little, Little Pony panel at Comic Con last year. It's immensely important, and I was really. I sang a whole song on it that was really good. Actually, it was a really, really good song. I Ooh. played a character called Autumn Blaze, um, and which also does sound like a strain of weed, but that's not what it is. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's immensely important to so many people. I think that, especially coming off of, I did. 
craziest girlfriend was more of a show for adults is doing that panel at Comic-Con was a way for me to really meet kids and see how kids take such positive kids and, and bronies and adults take such positive messages from shows like that and which which informed why I did Angry Birds because I know how impressionable kids are and when you have a really good message in a piece of media aimed for kids it, it can really affect the way they live their lives for the better right and, and adult men too I want to throw that out I don't get it but yeah I didn't, yes which I, I think just... is lovely I think it's yeah. I think it's so it's great because it's it's adult then to um, feel their feelings and and kind of get past all the pressures that we place on adult men to not feel emotion and to be strong. And you're not allowed to cry and you're not allowed to be sensitive. That's really damaging. All right, I'm gonna think about some of that stuff later tonight. I'm just, yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, let me remind everyone that your new movie, The Angry Birds Movie Two, is now showing at theaters everywhere. Hey, I gotta say, I I really appreciate you taking the time to check in with us. Oh, my pleasure. Please. There you have it. Yeah, Miss Rachel Bloom. Here's two good friends. Tonight is kind of special. The beer will pour. Must say something more somehow. So tonight, 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 let it be the Spud Show. Hey, uh, Spud. Yeah. Well, our show's resident psychic is holding for you. We'll put him through. Yeah. You're talking about Ted Marr, right? Ted Marr, yeah. Okay. Uh, do, do, you, do you want me to do his plug? What do you think? It's oh, your okay. job. All right. Uh, Ted Mars Out of This World can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on KKNW, 11.50 a.m. in Seattle and on the web. Here he is. Say hey to our show's resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. We appreciate you doing this, man. Hey, Spud. It's great to talk to you again. Yeah, what I wanted to run by you uh, is the aspect of my dreams, okay? They're really lacking right now. I I mean, when I was younger, they were like IMAX movies, you know, very lifelike and evocative. That was a film critic word, by the way, evocative. It's a a pretty Uh good word. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) I wanted to see if you as a registered official psychic could maybe do a dream tune-up for me. I need some help. (laughs) I'd be happy to. I already right. have some things I can recommend. Um, keep a keep a notebook next to your bed before yes. you go to bed at night. Yes. And because often you'll you'll just before you wake up early in the morning, you will when you wake up and you're kind of groggy, you're between like full sleep and and fully awake. And that in between state, you'll remember your dreams, and it's a good idea to write them down before you become fully awake. Write because often. Um, spirits from the other side will try to give you messages. And they might be able to give you lotto numbers, too. Lotto numbers. Okay. Wow, super. Well, I know the really great dreams in in my teenage years are are never coming back. And, you know, maybe that's for the best, as as I have to do my own laundry these days. But I do want better ones than I'm having now. Mostly, they're about, like, you know, say a TV show I saw that night or like most you know like a stale csi or an average america's got talent episode right. it's usually right. about the last thing i was watching when i fall asleep and and that's kind of a tragedy well yeah. maybe tragedy's yeah. too what? strong but yeah excuse me spud yes well but i know for a fact 
we can control our dreams. There's no need to ask our resident psychic Ted here to help you dream better. Do you want me to help you with this? Because I have not had a boring dream in my life. They are all so entertaining. Uh, Ted, just a sec. Okay, all right. I don't believe you. What TV shows do you watch, you know, right before you fall asleep? Oh, no, I don't watch TV in bed. That would be wrong. Uh, my wife and I share our experiences during our day, and then we spoon until we fall asleep. Uh, that would be the first and last time spooning is brought up on this show. You got that? Now let me get back to Ted. I have returned. Okay, all right. The best thing to do is to try to watch something uplifting and happy before you go to sleep. Happy. Because okay. if you if you watch something that's like negative or you know uh, like a kind of a, um, a a documentary that's very serious, that'll feed into your dreams and you'll end up dreaming that during the night. So if you want happy dreams, watch something happy just before you go to sleep. All right. Uh, sometimes though, you know the uh, I don't know how to say this nicely. So you, you want a spicy dream, and so I'm, do I, should I make sure the last thing I watch is like erotic when I'm in that kind of a mood? You know, like uh, um, you know, Cinemax After Dark or something, or something. You know, something that I can just without having to like uh, run to the computer. I mean, I'm talking about something that's on my television when I fall asleep in bed. So, um, actually, you brought up a very interesting point. What happens when you're in the spirit world? And you want to, uh, wait, you want to, like, make love to um, a beautiful, uh, maybe your soul partner on the other on the other side yes. in the spirit world. Well, you what happens then? Yes. Yeah, it's it's not the same third dimension where we are now. Of course, you know we we make love, but on, in the higher fifth dimension, the spirit yeah. world, your 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 soul merges with the other person. So it it's a it's a different kind of experience. You still get that feeling of love of course you share love with each other and you merge but you merge your souls so that you're one soul um one soul. you become one on the other side it's different than third dimension so um anyway yeah it's hard it's, to be one though kind. ted it's really hard to be one with someone uh with another per with another even an entity but well as a psychic can you put a block on lame dreams like maybe you know one of those porn blocks that parents and libraries put on their computers now I'd rather not dream at all than to have to sleep through boring stuff. But, 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 um, but, 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 don't make yeah. it. I did not ask you to put a porn block on my dreams uh, by mistake. I just want to make that sure. You didn't hear me say that. No, of course not. No, I just want to make sure that you're happy and that you're getting the kind of programming that, that you wish yes. for. So, yes, anyway. you yeah. hear me. Yeah, yeah. 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 absolutely. All absolutely. Right. Well, yeah. I know you're not omnipotent as a psychic and, and can't like seed my dreams like they do clouds in a drought, but at the very mm -hmm. least, I would like to not wake up in a cold sweat from nightmares like the, you know, the ones that everybody has where you're late for a test or you're being caught by your wife or husband naked with an old high school love interest. I'm, I'm talking about not waking up all stressed out. Can I just get the last dream before I wake up not to be scary as hell? Uh, I'm just thinking uh, maybe you could help me out. It's an easy lift. You could. And also what you could do, too, and this is a serious suggestion, you could get one of those music machines for sleep where you have, like, ocean waves or waterfalls yeah. or rain. Yeah. Something soothing and calming. And um, if you did that, that would help you ease into a good state where you wouldn't have any, you know, stressful dreams or, or anything that, that you would want to dream about. Yeah. That helps. 
I always hate it when I'm with somebody, you know, in a romantic way that I'm probably not supposed to be, and uh, I always get caught, and, and then I wake up, and it just, it just, I don't know, it just bums my whole day out. But start, you know, the way to, it's not the way to start the day is what I'm saying. So anyway, all right. Well, let me just say, I, I want to thank you so much for calling in again. Well, you're amazing. Uh, just thank you. My pleasure, Spud. And if you need any more, any more help, call me anytime. All right. <laughs> or I'll call you. Yeah. <laughs> there you have it. Mr. Ted Marr, our resident psychic. All right. Thank you so much, Spud. There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. What's going on, man? It's your boy David Olivas. And DJ Jersey. Here rocking with Spud Goodman. With Aunt Dorothy. We got Gerald in the house. Chance the intern. Man, these guys are killing it out here on the Spud Goodman Show, man. Spud Goodman Show. Check me out at Real Olivas. DJ Jersey everything. Listening to Spud Goodman will might be hazardous for your health, but... We don't know. We don't care. It's the Spud Goodman Show. All the good stuff is hazardous for your health. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. That's, I totally don't agree with that. That's hey, Mar- oh, hey. Uh, yeah, uh, hey, Spud. By the way, I just got a text from Lori, our executive producer. Uh, remember her? Yes. Yeah, well, she asked for us to please refrain from discussing in-house directives on the air. She said the information from the consultant was not to be shared outside of the studio. And you... Look, look would... I, I share everything with the listeners. Ooh. I learned a little lesson from Donald Trump. You know, if you're going to break the law, do it out in the open, in front of everyone. It, it seems to work for the both of us so far. Russia, if you're listening... Yeah, I don't think that strategy has an unlimited life uh, on the shelf, really, Spud. Sooner or later, the hammer is going to come down on both of you. And then you wonder why some people don't like me, folks. (laughs) But in your case, I totally get why you're not crazy about all the recommendations that Smarty Pants Radio Expert is pushing. Yeah. Most of it is bull****. Whoa. Mrs. Jarvitz, using profanity to express your feelings about the new directives that we're supposed to be following is not exactly professional. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, what kind of example are you setting for little ones out there who may aspire to a career in radio one day? Oh, no. First of all, I am an unpaid member of this station, and I'm only serving as designated laugher because my nephew here could not find yep. anyone else to take the position yeah, after the last woman quit. Yeah, you know, and if I haven't told you lately, I really, really appreciate you doing this for me. Oh, thank you, dear. Listen, listen, if both of you would just take a step back and read what this experienced radio veteran suggested, what we would, what we should follow on the air, you might buy into it. <laughs> I found what I read to be, oh, you can laugh, but I found to have much common sense, solid ideas on how to improve this program. Sure, that and a pair of testicles. Um, you know, did, did you read the full memo? All of it? Well, I mean, I did, actually, if, if anyone... I know that's hard to believe, but it's the truth. Uh, I think down towards the end, it said... Yeah, here, it, 
the role of the co-host has become an outdated component of contemporary modern broadcasting. Yeah, yeah, I read that too. Uh, And I'm thinking you just scanned the memo, Gerald. You might want to take another look at it. Like that Mueller report, there is a lot of explosive information crammed into it. You just need to read every word carefully. No collusion. Well, okay, I'm sure you two misinterpreted the intent and tone of the section on co-hosts. Where where was it? I I never saw that. Yeah, it was uh, like, uh, I was... Before that section on eating food on the air, yeah, yeah. yeah and okay. after that thing about uh, avoiding advertising personal items for sale during the show. You know, I may have been guilty on on that one a, a few times. Remember those garage sales I had? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But, but those plugs really helped out. It's like I, I got rid of a lot of crap. But dang, people sure try to bargain down. Deal or no deal. Did it say anything about interns? It's not like I'd follow what they want. I mean, what are they going to do? Fire me? Chance, you need to play the long game and think about your future. I know being an intern is not at all a satisfying position in the radio industry, but it's important for you to get a positive recommendation when you're done here. We have big plans, honey. Yes! I know. You're right. I need to think about my career plans. Thank you, Dorothy, for those words of wisdom. Uh-huh. Okay, but now listen, getting back to my situation, uh, taking that section into consideration, I, I may have to reevaluate my position here. Can I have a moment, Spud, now to read it carefully? Well, we are live on the air in the middle of our show, but yeah, go ahead, knock yourself out. It's okay. not like anyone would notice you were gone. I mean, come on. A co-host is like a, a secret friend kids have, you know, to keep them company on boring days when it's raining out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know you sure did have a lot of imaginary friends when you were growing up yeah, to keep I'll you company. A few, but... Yeah, yeah, your mother mentioned to me on many occasions how relieved she was that you had so few real actual humans as friends. You talking to me? You talking to me? Those imaginary buddies you had were much easier to supervise and feed. I had some actual friends, but, you know, I dropped the whole imaginary friends thing after I graduated from high school, okay? And it's not like I I still have them. Anyway, hey, it's time for me to interview our musical guest. Yep, that's one of my favorite parts of the show. So say hello to musician and artist, Perry Porter. Hey, your music is a godsend for the uh, for my co-host here, for sure. Um, he's had way too many man hours invested in yodeling cassettes, so uh, thank you. <laughs> yodeling all, thank is you. a skill. <laughs> so I got, okay, you got it. You got a record out now. Yes, uh, it's on all platforms. People just need to go find it. It's titled Bobby Ross. Yep, it's got yep. an airplay around the world. Mm-hmm. Are, are you uh, pleasantly surprised at the reaction, or are you bitter that, that not every single cut on it is currently number one on the Billboard Hot 100 list? Uh, I think I'm mixed a little bit of both. Depends on the day, you know? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Say. I, I would like to be number one. That'd be great. But anyone listening, that's, that's cool enough for me. All right. <laughs> I hear it's really big in France. Yes, sir. I have a big falling out there. Shout out to ICBM. All right, cool. Yeah. Man, that would be so neat if anybody in France ever heard this show. I'd be very... <laughs> well, but we are on the UK. We're on in South I know, Africa. I know, but, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's um, nice. That's nice. Okay. And Germany. Yeah, no, we're not on Germany. Oh. Um, uh, well, let me, Perry, let me ask you this. Yeah. Who were the major influences on you uh, in hip-hop when you first got into it? Anyone in particular? 
I would say Missy Elliott, Jay Z, Outkast, mm. um, Snoop Dogg, and The Far Side. Super. All right. Well, we have to discuss your career as an artist. Yeah. Uh, you, your work as a painter has become quite the rage. Yes, uh, how would you describe your style? Uh, it's a mix of, I would say, contemporary meets anime, I would say. Very loose. All, I would say, hip-hop black figures. Yeah, it's, it's all over the place a little bit. Watercolors, <laughs> mostly? Yes, sir. Mostly watercolors. I'm starting to dabble into graffiti and oil painting stuff, so you look at that. Well, all I know is a lot of, hell of a lot of rich people really dig it, so, oh, yeah. you know, maybe someday I'll save up <laughs> enough to buy some of your stuff, but all right. Oh, we can make it happen. All right. Well, off the record, let me ask you this. Uh, do you think Donald Trump would even know who ASAP Rocky is without Kim Kardashian's husband sending him a post-it note to get him out? Do you, what do you think? Yeah, he wouldn't know. He wouldn't know at all. Yeah, that's it's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if even getting sprung by uh, Mega Man would be a good, good career move, because <laughs> I myself, I'd rather just do the time. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I would not be associated with Mega Man. I like that, Mega Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, what's the name of the next song, and what the heck's it about? This song is called Cruise Control. It's a two-part song, but I'm going to do one part called Bling Blau. It's about being the diamond in the rough, being special, loving yourself. Yeah. All right, super. Let's do it. Let's get it. Oh, yeah. Once again, my name's Perry Porter. Radio Show. Yeah, this, is, this has been Charlie Murphy on the Spud Goodman Show, where we put it down for real. That's right. Hey, uh, Spud. Yeah. Your next guest, Aldous Hodge, is ready to go. He was on a couple years ago, and let me tell you. Yeah. I personally have seen most of his work. He's a really good actor. Did you know that he's in a new movie about football? I've seen the previews on TV. I think it's called uh, Brian Burns. I love the poorly educated.
Uh, it, it's Brian Banks. And, Banks. and as the host Banks. of this talk show, I actually do research before conducting uh, these interviews. I, I don't rely on seeing some commercial for a movie to know what's going on with a guest. Oh, oh, the studio really promoted this movie. Those spots were on all the time. Yeah, well, even though I'm not a sports fan, it did look very interesting. Now, does the character Aldous plays turn into a superhero and, and like, uh, save the world? This is going to be cool. Uh, no. The story is about the inequities of our criminal justice system and how the real Brian Banks overcame it and, and succeeded in life on and off the field. Oh. Uh, just put Aldous through before he figures out something more important to do than this damn interview. Yeah, here he is. Please welcome back to the show, actor Aldous Hodge. We last spoke back in 2016 when you co-starred on the WGN America show Underground. Now you have you have yeah. a new movie out titled Brian Banks that you star in. How, how's it going? Hey, man, it is going fantastic. I got no complaints. Thanks for having me back. I definitely yeah, well, this movie uh, is about the obvious, let's just say, inadequacies of our criminal justice system. Basically, <laughs> a, you know, a two-tiered model. Yeah. One for the privileged and one for those, you know, of color and those who lack economic resources, I guess you could say. Give us the basics Absolutely. on what the real Brian Banks had to overcome in his experience with the system. Yeah, so what he had to overcome was uh, basically, again, a flawed system because people did not do their jobs. So he was falsely accused of this crime he did commit when he was 16. Um, he spent a year in juvie fighting the case, uh, five years in prison and five years on parole as a registered sex offender. What it was was this girl in high school accused him of rape. And the thing is, every time she gave her story, it changed. Brian's story never changed once. So we have a DA's office who didn't actually go investigate the crime scene. We have a legal counsel that didn't give Brian all the options. They told him to take a plea deal as opposed to to saying that he was guilt, admitting you know admitting guilt in, in uh -huh. the court. Right? Uh -huh. They didn't un, they didn't fully explain what a plea deal was. So but we have about ninety seven percent of cases and and uh, that end in a plea deal. And, and, and I mean end in a plea. And most people don't realize what that really means. It's almost the same as admitting guilt. Um, and the reason is because a lot of people don't have the money to fight the case. A lot of people don't, don't uh, these, these, these cases don't go to trial because of the adversity stacked against, you know, some of these people that are accused. Right. So with Brian, you know, his legal counsel said, look, man, I, I don't know if you really want to fight this. Uh, jury's going to look at you and they're going to automatically think you're guilty, yada, yada, yada. But the thing is, he had every bit of evidence pointing towards his innocence that they did not use in court. Um, there was a DNA test kit done, no DNA evidence found. Um, so that kind of tosses out her claim of, of you know, actual rape. Um, there, there were just so many things that the, the legal system did not do when it came to fighting on Brian's behalf because they never gave him the benefit of doubt of actually being innocent as he is. Right. They automatically assume, hey, you know what? They must have done it. Why? Look at the statistics. Again, looking at him as a statistic, as opposed to looking at him as a human being, is the problem. But he turned his tragedy into to triumph because even though he did all that, time, even though he had his formative years taken from him in prison, he still managed to educate himself on the legal system while in prison and while he was on parole. He 
continue to fight for his innocence. Now, here's where things kind of got turned around. The woman who accused him contacted him to hang out. Really, she was trying to go out on a date. And what Brian was able to achieve in that was he was able to catch her on camera admitting that she lied. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's 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 a crazy story. There's so many things that happen in this movie. You're like, oh, that can't be real. It's like, no, it's it's, it's real. It's very real. <laughs> that happened. Well, um, it, it has a football angle. It's pretty. It's just fascinating. But you yourself, so, you didn't play college football, though, right? I mean, how is that like nah, preparing man, for was, this? Uh, so my only athletic traits are, are fighting. Man, I grew up a fighter. I still train, but. No, I started college at 14. I was too small for that. Uh, but for me, the training aspect was great. It's, it's uh, the only other time I really had training camp for football was I was like 19 years old on Friday Night Lights uh, TV series. So oh, when yeah. it came oh, to yeah. this, I was a little rusty, but I was I had to shake off the old dust. But Brian got me out on that field. We started training. You know, for me, it was a grand experience because it was something new, something uh, uh just revitalizing to a degree because I got to experience a whole new world and kind of stretch my capabilities physically. Uh, and anytime I get a job that can introduce me to something new like that, I'm all for it, man. This is how I learned to experience the world is, is through my job. It's a beautiful, beautiful opportunity. Right. And, and I guess people will see in, in the film that he was, that Brian was quite successful in football later. And it's, it's, it's a great story on that angle. So, so here's the crazy thing about it. So again, at, you know, at 16, he had a full verbal scholarship, a uh, full, uh, full verbal agreement to a full ride scholarship to USC given to him by Pete Carroll. Right. As soon as he exonerated his, himself and cleared his name, Pete Carroll called him, hey, do you want to try out for the Seattle Seahawks? So he tries out for the Seahawks, he doesn't make the cut, but then he's training for a whole year. He tries out with the Atlanta Falcons and he makes the cut. He's one of the oldest draft uh, uh, rookies drafted in the NFL, but the man went through all that, prison, parole, all that, and still managed to end up achieving his dream of playing in the NFL. That's insane. That is insane. Wow, it it is. It just blows your mind. Well, let let me hit you with this. I got to hit you with a couple of the things. Now, you're also involved in the Showtime series, City on a Hill, uh, starring along with Kevin Bacon. This is a great show. Is the plan for an extended run? I hope so. We just got picked up for a second season ooh, about ooh, two days ago. Oh, good, great news! Uh, excellent. Ooh, All right. <laughs> well, yeah. man, I'm here. I need to go through a few of these things because you've been in so many cool things. Another project you've worked on is Black Mirror, appearing in the the Black Museum episode, uh, which was based on a short yeah. story by you know the pain addict by Penn Jillette, who's been a guest on the show. Amazing guy. Uh, but now it's a oh, twisted yeah. episode. Did it make it tough afterwards to put it out of your mind at night sleeping? <laughs> No, man, I'm such a fan of the show that I was really excited to do it because as soon as I found out that uh, I got the off on that, I said, hell yeah, I don't care what, what, they can pay me two pennies, I'm going to do it, it's, it's Black Mirror. But um, I was just excited to see what was really going on. And the crazy thing is when we shoot that show, you know, with that particular episode, there were so many, many stories within one big story. Um, we weren't allowed to really know about everybody else's story. And we weren't allowed to know about any of the other episodes they shot for the season. So we were only kind of stuck in, uh, in our episode. That's all we were allowed to see. Everything was super under wraps. So it was a cool experience because I'm trying to, you know, I'm hustling, 
trying to trade information, trying to figure out what everybody else is doing. You know, right, but, right. No, nah, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, crazy at all because you know we're behind the scenes. You get to see how it works, and because I'm such a fan of the show, I was just excited to see how they got things done and and get sort of in the mind of Charlie Booker because I mean that man is just incredibly genius when it comes to what Black Mirror has turned out to be. Uh, no, I totally, I totally agree. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't hit you with this one. Uh, everyone knows you from the movie Straight Outta Compton, playing MC Ren from NWA. It, uh, it, it was kind of like playing a Beatle of rap. So, did you feel much pressure during the production? I gotta ask that. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, the biggest pressure was getting the story right for the fans because you know what was playing out only happened in the '80s. There's fans who were going to go see the film that actually went to the real concerts and actually do those guys so we wanted to make sure they got an authentic experience and um you know our team the cast is incredible and we had great leadership from f gary gray our director uh but we had an all-star team plus we had cube and dre on there who yeah. were also producing and writing and you know they were a soundboard for for everything so and if, I, if ever i had a question i could always just you know call ren which i did like brother how did you do this that and the other most people don't realize that the cast recorded or re-recorded the entire Straight Outta Compton album. Yourselves? So that music huh? was, yeah, that music was mixed. And, um, you know, you're you're actually listening to some of us and the movie. It's some of us and some of them. But, yeah, we, we had to re-record the entire album. That was wow. a really cool experience to really get in the, the headspace of these guys because it's a lot of work, man. Rapping ain't easy. Some no. people think it is. Trust me, it is not. Yeah, I'm not We don't all sound that. cool on way, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Spud? Yes? I, well, I would like to say that I am one who does not think that rap is that hard to do. I, I bet if our musical guest, Perry, here, would give me a lesson or two, I could handle myself with a mic. Y you know, I'm a bit of a poet, so all I would need is to buy some of those uh, beats. You know, maybe, say, on eBay or Amazon. My poems are short, so I wouldn't need that many beats. Uh, hey, Aldous, uh, just a sec. Like he said... Rapping might look easy, but it's not. The last thing this world needs is a middle-aged Mormon rapping about your struggles with tithing or, or getting through summers with church-approved underwear on, so please don't hit up our musical guest Perry to give you rapping lessons. That is embarrassing to the show and to humanity. And Gerald, is there anything in show business you don't feel you can do? Your parents must have made you feel so very special growing up. Oh, my parents knew I was blessed with God-given talents, and to waste that would be a tragedy. Hello? Uh, no, that, that is not the definition of the word tragedy, all right? All right? Hey, just let me finish up with all this. And, and... Hey, I'm back. Sorry about that. Spun. Well, I know I know you got to scoot, and then there were so many things I wanted to ask you. Like you're a watch, you're a freaking watch designer, you know. And I go, well, yeah. next time, next time. So l l let me, yeah, let me say again, your new movie Brian Banks is playing at theaters everywhere, and they need to check out your Showtime series City on a Hill. Thanks a whole yes, bunch for checking back in with Friday, us. Friday, Friday, August ninth, we get it. That's right. That's right. All yeah, right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Aldous Hodge. Thank you. My, how time flies!
as we wrap up this show, I have to say, it does give me some enjoyment to see you, yes you, yeah. normally a lackey for management, finally getting on the People's Revolution train. Well, There's plenty of room on board, you know, most of the time it's just me there. If you know how I feel, why would you say that? Yes, Gerald, it does tickle me that you do have some backbone. Yeah. We all face moments in life where we have to dig down and do the right thing. And that squishy persona of yours made me a doubter. But, hey, it looks like I had you pegged all wrong. Well, listen, it's not like I plan to march or picket in front of the studio. Hmm. My concern is decisions are being made by individuals who may not know what is best for this show and station. I question the wisdom in bringing in some out-of-touch radio consultant to possibly blow up some of our careers. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. You question the wisdom? Yeah. That's softer than squishy. Come on, man. You know, if you're going to fight the power, you have to be all in. Tell it like it is. We will not bow down to management's attempt to castrate the on-air staff creatively. They need to know that the whole world is watching. The whole world is watching. No, no, the whole listen, world listen, listen, is watching. But I, I don't want this thing to get out of hand here. I am just concerned for, for my job, guys. I don't want to join any revolution or overthrow the management team here. This in our pants yet? This is not a time for halfway measures and standing up to what yep. is clearly an attempt to limit our ability to exercise our basic yep. rights of free speech in opposing these oppressive recommendations from Listen a clearly it. empty suit. Ooh, ooh, wait, I, I like that empty suit tag. And Dorothy, can I can I use that in my written letter of protest? You know, I, I, I'm working on it. I'm yes. halfway through it. Yes. I, I really need a killer last paragraph to make it all come together. You know, with the right words, it could change the course of history at this station. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. You know, you know, I've been, I've been reading up on the writings of some of those guys on that Tiananmen Square protest in China way back in, like, I think it was 89. Or, or that anonymous guy who was all over that Occupy Wall Street movement. You know, we can't back down now. The man does not respect weakness. Uh, hey, Spud. I think Lori, our executive producer, is on the line, and she wants to go on the air. She's saying you're not responding to her text, but uh. what should I do? Um, just keep her on hold until we're off the air. Oh, chance, just, chance. Please put her through. She is our boss, for God's sake. Now, I believe Lori will take to heart what we have to say in this labor dispute. She's a reasonable person who Listen, is... If, if, if you think kissing her butt will save your job, you're no. kidding yourself. Good call, yo. I know I'm just an intern, but even I know keeping her on hold any longer isn't going to end well. From what I know... Lori is a cold-blooded killer, so yeah. I've not upset her any more than you already have. Yeah. Well, okay, put her through, and, and for the record, I'm not afraid of her, okay? Um, hey, this is Spud. Uh, are you there? Or, uh, this is Spud right now. Are you on? Lori, are you there? And what do you want? Can't okay, just wait till we're off the air. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm here. Okay, I wouldn't be calling in on the air if I didn't feel the need to intervene here and put a stop to your open insubordination and a total disregard for the immediate action memo distributed <laughs> to all staff last week. Please cease and desist your ranting on the air immediately and we'll meet tomorrow morning 8 a.m. in my office, okay? Do you acknowledge this directive? I don't think so. Maybe, but you know, I, I, I'm not up at 8 a.m. ever. 
I'm not a morning drive time, guys. The, that's just not a realistic demand. How about, like, later in the afternoon? Okay, I have meetings all day. I've cleared 8 a.m. just for you. This won't take long. Again, this is not something to be discussed live on the air. You make the move. It's your move. Oh, sounds to me like you might want to bring a union rep or someone to speak on your behalf, Spud. But we aren't a union shop because they ban unions here. Oh. Okay, okay. For the record, just so everyone listening knows, we did not ban unions. We just chose to offer employees a much more attractive package than any union negotiation could provide. Look, you cannot rewrite the labor history here at the station under my leadership. Okay, ad revenue is up, ratings are up, morale is sky high. You're going to get so tired of winning, you're going to say, Mr. President, please, we don't want to win anymore. It's too much. Okay, you know, I don't appreciate you misinforming our listeners about the working conditions here. Uh, Ms. Madsen, hi, it's Gerald. Uh, Could I ask if maybe there was a typo on the consultant's recommendation about phasing out the role of co-host? Okay, actually, I'd like to meet with you tomorrow in my office at 8.15 a.m. Okay, we can discuss your future role at the station. It's not personal, Sonny. It's strictly business. Uh, could I jump in here, too? Sure, I, what the heck. I get it that an intern is fairly low on the office chain of command chart, but would it be possible that I get a bus pass for the days that Dorothy can't drive me to work? Bus fare ain't cheap. Um, that would be a no. Um... Who was that? It was Chance the Intern, and, and I told him that you'd never spring for a bus pass anyway. I, Dude, I, I anyway. Hey, hey, we're out of time. We're going to have to let you go. I'm really sorry about it, but, you know. Okay, tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. No. My um, office. Um, no, wait. Can she hang up on me before I can hang up on her? Lock her up. That's right. Get, that's right. I, I believe she did, but Chance, am I right? Yeah, she hung up on you, Spud. Yeah, well, whatever. Hey, I gotta wrap up this thing. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is Perry Porter. Oh, yeah. Oh. Surf. Hey, hey, hey.
so they taught me how to dope move uh, so, yeah, so, I'm dropping heaters for non-believers Copyright 2019, Spud Goodman Productions.